Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, along with my producer, Lindsay, and we are streaming from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio today, live on Facebook and on YouTube. Today, we have David Michael from the Cliffhanger Academy. This is the third time he's actually been on our show. Super excited to have him back on. He's just going to talk about um, the psychology psychology of fitness and how important uh, um, mental and physical is when it comes to training and all kinds of different things like that. We are also going to get into, which we got into a little bit the last time we talked, we're going to get into a little bit about um, obesity and how, you know, we've talked on the show many times about how obesity is is uh, a pandemic in this country, actually. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that and how sometimes in Hollywood and in general, we're kind of glamorizing or glorifying obesity. So we'll be talking a little bit about that, too. And uh, with that, I'm just going to let David take over. David, welcome back to our show. Thank you, Sean. It's great to be back. Thank you for having me. I, I forgot to tell you, actually. So we have a big celebration that we came into 2021 with. Uh, we actually rebranded us. Our name is Sci-Fi. We are no longer Cliffhanger Academy. That is still our umbrella company. Um, but the the division that I'm now <laughs> operating and running is called Sci-Fi, kind of going with what we talked about before, our Sci-Fi system. And as, as you can probably catch on, this the shortening of psychology fitness, something a little bit catchier. And your, your website, uh, Cliffhanger Academy is still up. So, um, and, uh, it was just easy for me to remember. So <laughs> no, no worries. So we're, we're not losing Cliffhanger Academy by any means. We're actually starting an Academy. We're working on the lecture, the lecture courses now, uh, which is going to be an ongoing thing. We're really excited about for inbound outbound college kids, as well as people like us who are with career veterans. So yeah, Cliffhanger Academy is not going anywhere, but Sci-Fi is a, is the new brand. We're really excited about that. Um, and then I uh, check us out at sci-fi.nyc, uh, kind of a calling to where we're based out of as well. Uh, so yeah, it's great to be back. So thank you for having me. And I'm excited to, to dive into today's topics. Well, and so tell us a little bit about sci- sci-fi. I'm assuming that means psychology of fitness, and that's kind of what you do. And that's what you've spoken about on this um, program a couple times. So tell us what sci-fi means in psychology fitness. Just tell us what that means. Yeah. So sci-fi is the blending of kind of, you know, we talk about this, this place where or the nexus point of where the need, our talents, um, and what we're kind of gifted at uh, comes into, into perspective. And this is, for me, this is what it was. Um, I have 20 plus years in the psychology industry, uh, as well as 20 plus years in the fitness industry. And these have been, you know, uh, just like as you guys teach here about health solutions, these two things are highly integrated and they're very intimate at a, at a deep level. And so what I've done with my company is we've created this system which now we've clinically validated it for over to be 99% effective, where we're combining the best of psychology, fitness, and breath work all in one to help people kind of transform their lives, usually through uh, high-performing habits as we're really focusing on. And as you said, psychology, psychology, fitness is something that I mean, all of us need to be adopting this in some way, shape, or form. I think, you know, no time in history more than now uh, with COVID being almost a year old with us dealing it in the U.S., that our physical, mental, and emotional health is paramount to everything. 
all of a sudden all these distractions went away for us. You know, now we had to be home. We had to be with people constantly. We didn't have all the, the kind of, like I said, distractions, things that would give us, uh, get us out of our, our minds or maybe let, like, let us kind of decompress in a way. And now our health is, uh, you know, at the, at the forefront, but not just our physical health, which I think is where I can't wait to get into this day with you because the physical health is not just it. It's actually the physical health is a manifestation of our inner health, of our mental health, of our emotional health. And that's why we call it psychology fitness, not fitness psychology. It's a psychology first. If you can't change this little 10% of your brain, the 90% of your body is not going to go anywhere, at least not for the long term. Uh, so that's what we're really excited about to dive into today. Um, that's what we've been you know, I've been dedicated my whole life to, and now, you know, dedicating myself full time and my team to just solving this problem, which is basically bringing that forefront of site of uh, mental, physical, and emotional health all together as one. And we say, you know, transforming people's minds by training their bodies. Well, I'm going to steal a tagline from your, um, from you, from our show from last time. I think what you said was, in order to change our bodies, we have to change our minds. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Absolutely. And, and there's, and I love the fact that, uh, you know, as we're shooting this right now, it, it is just past the midway point in February, because if you look at statistics, 77% uh, of people who set New Year's resolutions have failed at them by now, right now, 77%. So you're talking over three quarters of, of the, the people in the US, and this is actually a worldwide statistic, have already failed at it. And why? Because they're trying to change their bodies without changing their minds. And, and we've talked about this before, but I'll just bring this this example again back to the forefront because I think it's really important. This is why I currently, like why I say the current psychology model and the current fitness model are both need a revolution. Um, fitness, we look at these kind of fitness crazes that come up, these new diets, these new fads, these new this, these new that. And people do them for a little bit of time, but overall they don't stick to them. Why is that? They're trying to change their body without changing their mind. And the psychology field has its own you know, shortcomings as well with this. Where, you know, I'm a practicing psychologist. I, I, I swear by psychology. I have a therapist. My, my mentor and coach is a, therapist, is, is, a, is a mental health counselor, a therapist, PhD psychologist. So I believe in, in psychology and psychology and, ther and therapy. But the thing is to think about is that there's people going to therapy who've been speaking about the same stuff for five, for 10, for 15 years. And I know we know a lot of them. And why is that? Why are they struggling with the same stuff? They're trying to change their mind without changing their body, not realizing these things are actually intimately connected, not only physically uh, through the RAS, the reticular activating system, but also mentally and emotionally at like a really high level. So I think if you're just trying to treat one of them, and I can't wait to get in this about obesity, if you're just trying to treat one of them, you're missing out on something really big and you're also not setting yourself up for long-term success. So give us an example of uh, changing your mind before you can change your body. Give us a give us a, an example. Yeah, so this is a great one. I was actually talking about this with my team this morning in our, our calls. We have a Monday call every every week, and I do a coaching session with my team, live coaching. And what we're talking about today is that talking about habits and creating habits that stick. And so one of the things we think about, and again, this is a New Year's resolution that is a perfect example of this. People are trying to just adapt these new behaviors, right? So we can take, we're, we're going to go into obesity. So people, you know, I want to lose weight, right? That's that's the goal. And then maybe they even make it a smart goal, right? So specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, and time-bound. Great. That's a great way to look at it too. But what we're forgetting is you have to change who you actually are in order to achieve that goal. 
you have to change your sense of being is what I say. And your being is created by your mind. So if you want, so I want to be a healthier person, you, you want to lose weight, that means you want to be a healthy person. So you have to ask, what does a healthy person do? What are the things that a healthy person does on a regular basis? You know, they pass on the extra dessert. They work out daily, right? They're getting proper sleep. They're managing their stress properly. If you do those things, the weight will 100% mm-hmm. drop off. So you're changing your sense of your, your being of who you actually are. And then watch your habits, watch your goals all come into focus at such a better level. And your being is here. Your being is your thoughts. It's your emotions. It's your mindset. And that's why we say, again, psychology, fitness, psychology first. Got to happen from here first before this even gets involved. Yeah, you know, that's great. And it, it really goes along with our podcast, David, because one of the goals of our podcast is just educate and empower people to take charge of their own health. And and really, you, you kind of said it, although, you know, the details are a little bit more complicated, but really, it is simply there are three things we can do to keep to make our bodies healthy. And that is uh, exercise, sleep, and eat. And really, outside of that, you know, most besides healthy relationships, and there's a lot more to the details um, under those three um, bigger picture items. But um, really, that's really all that we can do to keep our bodies healthy. And I don't think a lot of people realize it. Like with weight loss, great, you're eating well, um, and you're exercising, but your sleep sucks. Okay, well, that means your cortisol levels are going to probably be high and you're going to have a difficult time losing weight. So, yeah, they all three, you're going to hold on to that fat. You're going to hold on to the water. Um, They all three go together. And in reality, um, you know, out of those three, we will die without sleep before we'll die without food. And, of course, we don't have to exercise to live. I mean, it will make us healthy. So sleep is probably the most important. Um, But how many times does somebody start a weight loss program and they talk about, uh, let's see, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure I get healthy sleep. I can not remember one. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) No, no, Sean, you're 100% correct. And that's why we say, like, it's about who you have to be. Like someone who wants to, someone who has a healthy weight, because that's what people are, I think, again, we're treating, and this, we've talked about this before, like looking at how our Western society treats our, our healthcare system, right? We're symptom driven, symptom, yeah. symptom, 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 prescribed drugs, this, that. We're not looking at the root cause of the stuff. So it's like someone could be sitting there, oh, listen, I'm, I'm exercising, you know, and I'm eating right but they're not even looking at their sleep. And just, you said, just briefly went into it. Your cortisol is a hundred percent affecting how your body processes all this stuff, right? Of what, cause your body's thinking you're constantly in this fight or flight mode and that you need to store fat. You need to store calories because you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know when this is going to go offline. And so for me, it's, it's funny. And something, one of my biggest struggles, I call it the five fundamentals, eating, oh, eating, moving, breathing, sleeping, and focus are the five fundamentals. Um, Sleep is my number one. That's my number one self-care habit. And I know if that's not in line, nothing else will fall. Nothing else will fall under in, in, in sync for me. Yeah, 100%. And I think that gets missed so often. And, and unfortunately, I think sometimes we live in a culture sometimes where, um, you know, there's certain times people that are like to 
brag about being productive or, or, you know, um, being really motivated. They like to brag about how little sleep they get. And I just don't think it's something to brag about. Um, I brag about how much sleep I get and I get eight, nine hours a night, every night. And I like to take naps during the day. <laughs> You're a man after my own heart, Sean. This is how we get along so well. I'm the same way. And, and I used to be of, of the other ilk, though. When I was in my former career as a litigation psychologist, like, I, you know, I was working in, in t- intense hours, like, you know, 121 hour work weeks, like, you know, working like 15, 16 hour days. And it was it was a badge of honor too, as someone younger who was like, oh, I barely slept last night. What's going on? I slept four hours and I'm still up. I'm still productive. I'm still crushing it. And now I look at the I look at myself back and I go, oh, my gosh, man, if you knew anything of what you know now, you could have been so much more productive and happier. That's the other thing. And people don't realize if you want to be like you talked about relationships, you want to show up better for your partner or your family or your friends, get more sleep. Start there. Start yeah, there and right. watch how relationships change. Oh my gosh, it'll be such a great, it's such a great experiment for everyone. And start with this. This is like get 15 minutes extra sleep tonight, guys. That's it. Start with 15. See if you can get 15 and see how it goes. You can be blown I- away. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that too because I know we're really it's it's easy for me to remember to tell um people, okay, just walk for 20 minutes today. That's your exercise for to start with. You know, and I never really think about, hey, just try to get 15 more minutes of sleep tonight. And that's a really you know, that's a really good tip. So thank you for that. Yeah, cuz well the other thing to think about too is that I can't think of many people and myself included where you're like, hey, could you use more sleep? No one's ever going to say no. Could you use more exercise? No, I'm good. I exercise enough. Or, <laughs> right. or, or I don't even like it. I don't even like it. Right. I don't want to exercise. No one's ever going to tell you, no, I don't want more sleep. No, 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 no. No, I mean, 1% of the population, if you're lucky, like babies, babies, that's about it. They're good. Babies yeah. are good. They get a lot of sleep. Everyone else, we're all sleep deprived. So it's like, yeah, you want to offer a gift to someone, like a tip? My team was saying this morning, they want like, you know, people want more easier tips to digest. I was like, yeah, get more sleep. That's it. Just na- take it. Take a nap. I took a nap earlier today. I'm trying out this new product uh, called Nucom um, and try to hack my naps even. And yeah, take a nap. 10 minutes. Just rest your eyes. See what happens. So bring, being practical, um, I am. I know there's going to be some people out there saying they don't have time for an extra 15 minutes of sleep. Being practical and considering that you you know, you teach people this for a living. Um, how would you respond to that? So <laughs> this is hilarious because this came up in my, my coaching with my team as well. So Tony Robbins, and I mean, you know who Tony Robbins is like, you know, the, the original, the OG of life coaching, right? The guy, the guy, <laughs> the guy, the guy made life coaching what it is right. for all of us. He paved the way he was talking about morning rituals and he has this famous quote that I love. He's like, you know, talking about just, just 10 minutes, guys. Everyone's like, oh, I don't have time for a morning ritual. 10 minutes. And he's like, if you don't have 10 minutes, you don't have a life. And I said, Oh, wow. How confronting is that? So I, I would say the same thing to your audience, like one to be challenged. I would challenge everyone to say, if you, do, if you can't give yourself 10 minutes in your day, you really need to look at your day and see what you're doing because you are just completely reactive. You are running on someone else's right. schedule constantly. And I'm, I'm, I am telling you, there's no way your happiness is where it, it could possibly be and no way your recovery, like no way your body, anything. So, but I would, I would say start, I was like, just, you know what? Give me five minutes. I want you could sit in your office chair, close your eyes, lean back 
and just five minutes, close your eyes and just do some deep breathing exercises in through the nose, out through the mouth and see what happens. See how you feel when you wake up. Because I know the science behind it. Something as simple as that, like five minutes, you're looking at giving your visual cortex a rest, right? Your eyes. So your eyes are your eyes are literally your, your brain. They're just outside of the brain. It's the only part of your brain is actually outside the brain. But your, your eyes are taking in approximately, they say somewhere between 60,000, you know, pieces of information um, a, mo- a minute, 60,000, just constantly. And your brain's having to process all this. Now, the problem is your brain can only process about 40, 40, not 40,000, 40 bits of information, four zero. So it's constantly catching up. Imagine giving your brain the rest for five minutes of 60,000 pieces of information. Just see what happens. Like, right. and, and I encourage you, like, it, here's the thing. If someone takes, I'll even, I'll go as bold as this. This is how much I believe this. Guys, try it for five minutes. If you don't feel relaxed, Email me and I'll give you a free consult on me, <laughs> on me. You guys get a free consult if you don't feel different in five minutes. That's how powerful I believe it is. I'm going to try that after the podcast, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way. It's, there's so many benefits. And by the way, that also means turning these stupid, distractive things off. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> you know? and, yes. And, here's, and here's one thing that I got to say, too, about – um, you know, most people, and I, and I usually, I don't, I haven't in the past talked about sleep and I need to be better about that. So that's why I love having guests like yourself on because I learn so much and get so many tips so I can, I can help more people. So thank you for that tip on sleep. Um, you know, I've, I've often said, well, okay, you don't have 15 minutes to exercise. Nope. I don't have 15 minutes to exercise. I just don't have enough time throughout the day. And I'm like, Hmm, how much do you surf Facebook during the day? Oh, we I mean, did that this month. Oh, this all, is why all of us, all of us, I'm included, is guilty. Yeah. Oh, you know. Sean, this is actually perfect too. We were talking about this in my, and we did a team. See, this is how I love how God, the universe, whatever you guys believe in, there's something bigger going on. Because all the topics that we're talking about right now is what we talked about in my meeting this morning, my team. And I said, all right, guys, bring up your phones. I said, you know, if you have an iPhone, swipe to the right. I want to see your weekly phone usage. And so everyone brought it up and they were like, you know, everyone's was ranging from my, my upper echelon, my COO was like nine hours up to like, you know, th- down to three hours. And we were looking at social media time. And most of my team, my team's, tw- there's 13 of us. Most of my team, half the time they had on their phone was de- dedicated towards social media. And I said, guys, what if you could have an extra two hours a day? You can't tell me you don't have 10 minutes to take a nap, but you have two hours to serve social media. And guys, that is, that's not just Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube counts as social media. Yes, it does. Clubhouse now, Twitter, like Snapchat, people are still using it. We have the time. We just don't allocate it right. That's the, that's, and I'm guilty too. I had 37, unless 24 hours, 37 minutes was on social media. And I, and I did it all in one sitting last night when I got home. So like you said, just like you, I'm guilty of it too sometimes, but that's why we put these systems in place in order to make sure we don't fall into these gaps, right? Because when we fall into that gap, it comes, it's literally, it's a gap. You got to crawl back out of it. So speaking of those gaps, speaking of that system, is that kind of what you do as a life coach? You will coach people into, um, you know, those healthy habits? Yes, absolutely. So that, that's why we, we talk about something we've come up with called the B3. It's the B3 methodology. Uh, we train the brain, the body, and the breath equally, 
right? So there's no, I mean, these are three things that are intimately connected, but we don't train them um, as, as, a, as a species, I'll say as humans, all together. We usually train these things independently, right? Um, and I talked about this before on this show, but this is a recap for, for people who didn't hear it. You know, our brains, we go to work, we read, we study, but we're mostly sedentary when we're doing that, right? So we're only doing one of those things. Our bodies, we go to the gym and we, and we usually want to tune out. We want to let our day go. We don't want to think about it or anything like that. And then our breath, unless you're actually a breathwork practitioner or, you know, a high performing person who's trying to optimize habits, it's involuntary so you don't think about it. But how can three things perform at a high level together if you train them separately? So this is what we call the train like you play philosophy, all three together. So when, when my clients work with me, you know, they're not only getting a psychologist, right? They're getting a life coach, accountability coach, a breathwork coach, a meditation coach, and a personal trainer. So we, I talk about five, and I'm, I'm a five in one. I have certifications, degrees, and all of these things. I've been studying them for a long time. So this is what we try to do. We say, listen, we're not trying to just attack this from one side, because as you said, I want your, your client wants to lose weight and they're like, they're never touching their sleep. We're like, well, you're losing out on a huge like, efficacy there by bringing this in. Let's take a holistic approach and holistic with a WH hole and then look at you through that lens and then work on all that stuff together and create these little simple habits, which I say like they're, they're positive habits by one. We're just trying to add 1% every single day to your habits. So you know, if you don't work out at all, do two push-ups. Right. Two push-ups. That's all I'm asking you to do. You don't take naps. You don't sleep properly. Give yourself five minutes today, right? You know, you're breathing. Just think about your, like, literally take 10 breaths. Just think about it. Just do it once. That 10, 10 breaths, depending on how you breathe, takes approximately 30 to 60 seconds. Super simple. So that's the integration of, of like we said, the, the B3, the brain, body, breath is putting these all together. And this is what we're trying to bring to more institutions as we roll out these courses we have coming up. We have an ebook coming up, the new website, all this stuff. We're just trying to give people more tools to say, listen, we've made it so simple for you to follow because I know that the brain won't do things long term unless it likes it, unless it's really simple, unless it enjoys it. And this is where most of us fall short because we take on these really big, oh, I want to lose 30 pounds and I'm going on the paleo diet tomorrow. And <laughs> you've been eating like you've been eating suboptimal for years and all of a sudden overnight. Now, lightning bolt moments happen. This does happen, but you are a rare case. So it's like compound these little habits. And actually one of the books back here, I, you can see so it's by the snowboard, is Atomic Habits. Like it, it, James Clear talks about this, these little tiny Habits. There's another book, um, Robert Greene, I think it's, his name is, that call, it's, it's called uh, Tiny Habits. He's all about just doing these little small things, little, 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 that's it. And watch yourself change. Watch yourself change over the long term. Having habits that stick that are so easy, you don't even think about them anymore. It's like, it's literally like brushing your teeth. Most of us don't think about brushing our teeth anymore. Just do it habitually. Right. Morning and night, that's it. It's two, it's two minutes a piece. No one thinks about it anymore. Why? Because you've been conditioned. So let's condition you to do these other little cool things. And then all of a sudden, here's the, I'll close with this part, is that as you do these things that you think take more time, you actually become more productive and you actually end up having more time in your day and accomplishing more. So there's the paradox of what most people give excuses for. I don't have the time. You'll have more time, I promise. That that is a true fact. Yeah, um, I think you you hit on it earlier too about because when you do things like that, you're being more proactive than reactive. And if you're reacting to your day all day long and putting out fires, then you just haven't been proactive about your day. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this is another a quick concept called we call it bookending. Um, you know, and a lot of us don't have control over most of our day, right? And it's because we're working for someone else. That, that's kind of the, the, the way things go. So you don't have control over this chunk of your day, but you have control over how you begin and how you end your day. So your bookends. So have rituals in those times when you can actually be productive and do the things that you need to do. You know, I'm a big believer of meditation, yoga, working out, reading, reading daily. I don't jump on my phone until I've already done all this other stuff. And then, you know, you get into reactive mode because as soon as, as soon as this thing takes over, as soon as you get on this, you're in reactive mode, everything, right. emails, text messages, messages, notifications, Facebook, Instagram, it's reaction, reaction, reaction. And then you're, you're, you're not taking your day. You're letting someone else take it or is, is, um, I can't, I think Jim Rohn said it. If you don't take your time, someone else will. I want more time. If I can get it from you, I will certainly take it from you. Everyone's constantly trying to do that. So instead take your own time. It's, it's your time. Every single moment is yours. Well, and even though most of us don't, many of us don't control our own schedule at work, um, I will tell you one of the things, and I've been guilty of this, um, if I want to wait to the last minute to get up and wait to the last minute to get to work and, you know, the fires start happening right when I walk in, it's going it, to, it, it's, the day is going to be reactive, but just getting up 15 minutes earlier and, um, you know, getting to work a little bit earlier and, you know, can make your day go so much better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, that is probably one of the best things that you can offer your audience right now is just think of getting ahead of it. And sometimes it, again, this goes back to the paradox. Like you, I'm so time starved right now. You want me to get to work earlier. You want me to do this, try it out. Cause you'll, again, this is going back to the brain, the brain and how our brains work. You get a little bit more sleep. You're less reactive. You're less amygdala, fight, fight or flight. And your point back here is it's in our brainstem. You're less reactive. So what what that means is that your amygdala is not controlling your brain. Your prefrontal cortex is, which is your higher learning center. This is your efficient part, your critical thinking part, your higher learning part. If you're doing that and you're using that part of your brain to solve problems, your problems will be solved faster and more efficiently because you're not looking at it from a primitive place. And again, once you're triggered, which is going back to being reactive by someone else, by a notification, even by your own self. That's the, the, the scary part. You're done. Like you are just going to be, you're going to be in that mode and it's hard to, it's hard to break out of that mode once you're already in it. So doing these little things that we talk about, like getting a little bit more sleep, right. is huge. Your diet is a really big one. You can eat, you can be eating a lot of stuff that can actually be keeping your amygdala firing constantly. Um, exercising, exercising, and we'll talk, I know we'll talk more about this. Like it's unequivocal at this point. Exercise is great for you. No one's telling you don't move more. And yeah. yeah and I, as I state, exercise is the best antidepressant ever invented. There yeah, is no medication that is better than exercise for depression. No, no. And, and here, and here's, and, and I mean, I, I think I shared some of my story before, but how I got into this field was because I dealt with depression. Um, I, you know, and, and it didn't make, and, and I won't go too far into the story, but cause we, we talked about this last time, but for me, I was at the height of my career. I, if you looked at me on my resume, I had everything that you would want as, as someone, as a successful professional, you know, the relationships, all that kind of stuff. But because I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do for myself, I actually fell into 
suicidal depression. And one of the things that helped me get out of that, which is why I created our sci-fi system, was exercising, was exercising, but then using psychology and intention around that and then throwing breathwork and meditation in. So it's like the reason why the system that I've created, the sci-fi system has been so powerful with literally almost 3000 participants now and we're, we're over 99% effective is because I tested this on myself for years and I'm, I was in a literally a do or die situation because I did want to end my life at that point. Wow. And, and so, I just like, I can't tell people enough, like, please, please, please just try to move, even if you don't want to. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it, it is, uh, but sometimes you don't realize that you, you're so in a deep, dark place when you're not moving and just sitting on the couch and surfing your phone that you don't know how much you'll better you'll feel if you just get off the couch and move. Um, so that's what you have to do. That's why there's coaches like you that can motivate people to, to do that. Well, that's a great story, David. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So it, this is also brings up one of the concepts that I teach to my, my students um, and my clients is called actions drive feelings. So we're mostly, we're, we want to think we're logical beings with bouts of emotion, where it's actually the opposite. We're actually emotional beings with bouts of logic. So we're mostly <laughs> driven by our emotions. I don't feel like getting out of bed early, so I don't get out of bed early. I don't feel like having this tough conversation with my with my partner or my family or friends, so I don't have that. I don't feel like eating healthier. I feel like eating that second piece of chocolate cake. So what do we do? That's what we do. But if we switch this little thing around, if we want to feel confident, right? Oh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have that conversation when I feel confident. Well, you're never going to feel confident. But if you have that conversation, you'll feel confident afterwards. Oh, I want to, I want to feel better. Uh, you know, when I feel better, I'll exercise. Well, you're probably not going to, that's not going to happen. But if you exercise, you will feel better. So we talk about letting our actions drive our feelings and working and then just flipping that little equation on, on its head, like the, a little bit of a 180. And you'd be surprised that you can feel invigorated. You can feel focused. You can feel energized. You can feel, you can feel happy, not depressed by doing these little actions. And that goes back to what I was talking about with the habits. Just one little thing, like yep. get up and do two push-ups. That's it. Go for you said go for a walk for five minutes. Yeah. All of a sudden your brain goes, Oh, that was actually pretty good. And now I do feel better. Huh. Well, that's interesting. So how has um COVID changed your coaching? Uh have you seen uh, certain patterns at all uh, in 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 people? Yeah. So um, COVID's changed the coaching a lot. One, it's been it's made it more accessible, which is great because now we live in more of a virtual world. So I'm able to work with more people across the U.S., which has been a really bless a blessing. It's also allowed me to be able to scale in a different way. So we can. So now my team and I offer a lot of different products that are more virtually based, and realizing that we still can get the same results, which has been a really great. Um, but we are seeing a lot of common problems, though. Uh, you know, you are seeing kind of like this, this Groundhog Day. Everyone's not familiar with the Bill Murray uh, <laughs> film Groundhog Day. It is because we don't have these, these spaces anymore, right? We don't have the space of commuting to work anymore, right? We don't have the space of going out with our friends or going to dinner. Depending on where in the country you are, there's a lot of limitations that are placed on our, our daily lives. You know, all of a sudden you're, you're not, I don't have children, but a lot of my clients do. They don't have space from their kids anymore, right? And like, there's no big, there's no lines between work and home because you're working from home. So the, one of the biggest things is people are working up. They're working a lot more, 
and they're not having the free time. So mm-hmm. what, so they're basically, they're literally burning themselves out. I feel like a lot of people are, are going through high levels of burnout now because of that. Um, you also look at the, depending where you are, gyms being closed or gyms being severely restricted. So people aren't able to get out and go work out as much. I had my own struggle with working out at home for a while. It, it was really good at first. Then I was like, this is terrible. And so I had to rewire my habits around how I work out at home again. Um, you know, being around your loved ones. This is another mm-hmm. one people are, are, there's no space. You know, I, I'm in New York City. So think of like our apartments are really small. I don't 500 square feet, 300 square feet. I had one of my friends who's a coach. She she was living in her studio apartment with her hus- new husband, and she's like, "This is really tough." <laughs> yeah. So you don't, yeah, like with, with a dog as well. So it's like people are not having the same. And I, I said this earlier in the show: distractions. Even your commute can be a distraction. Being at work can, or people are like you know interacting with you can be a distraction. So now you're having to get really present. And if I can say the double like double um, word of really real with what's going on in your life and how you handle this stuff. And if you don't have a healthy platform of habits to stand on, which I think most of us don't, it just crumbles, and you find yourself frustrated angry, sad, depressed, disconnected, time starved, unproductive, unfocused. And all these things are just this, again, symptom, 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 symptom. Let's get down to the root cause. What's really going on? Oh, you're actually not taking care of yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally as well as you could. And if we could do that stuff, little tiny habits at a time, you'd be surprised how all these symptoms disappear. And it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Those are good tips, David. Um, so let's move on to obesity. And I know we discussed it. It was a popular topic last time we discussed it. But let's talk about obesity and how we've kind of glamorized it or glorified it in 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 this country. And, you know, obesity is I believe it's the real pandemic and it's the most dangerous thing that you can do as an American is to be overweight because cardiovascular disease um, related to obesity kills more Americans than anything else. So, um, but you know, we're starting to see like on Cosmo magazine, you know, we're actually starting to see some, they call them plus size models, but um, producer, if you'll put a picture of, of that Cosmo magazine, there is Tess Holiday. And that's what we call a plus size model now. Now, in the old days, you know, 20, 30 years ago, a plus size model was a size 12. Um, obviously, Tess Holiday is, you know, much bigger than that. And she is, I'm just going to say, morbidly obese. Um, and if she doesn't have a lot of underlying health conditions now, she will as she gets older. So, um, how do you see that we can combat? this that we're glamorizing obesity in the United States or just comment on it in general. Do you believe this to be the case? Yeah. So, yeah. So we, we spoke about this cover last time and, and a friend of mine, Tate Fletcher, got to, he, I see he got to a lot of trouble about making comments about this because he stands by, he's a, he's a, a big proponent of the stuff, the same stuff that I'm talking about, um, about this, but it's, it, and this is one of the things that, you know, we think we look at this and so instantly we're like, Okay, like here's this, you know, and she is. Let's just be honest. More, and, and I, I want to make sure we're using this isn't a semantic conversation because I realize that a lot of these conversations can be very semantic driven. So what we're Sean and I are both saying that this that Tess Holiday, this woman, is morbidly obese. 
Now that is not a subjective term that Sean and I are using. Right. That is a scientifically objective term. Her BMI is, a way, is above a certain level that we're, that that she uh, she has these all these other health conditions that that either like you said either now or later will have. So as long as we make sure we're talking about the same thing that yes, she is morbidly obese by scientific measures. And now scientific measures have also demonstrated that when you have this extra weight, you are taxing your organs more, you're taxing your joints more. All these different things are happening internally that you don't even see that are literally taking, they're, they're shaving years off your life, years and years and years and years constantly. So when we look at this, we have to look at not only what we see, but why Cosmo did this. And this is where, again, I get into the mindset of this, right? So were they doing this for a publicity kind of ploy? Absolutely, right? You know, were they doing it for self-image? I, I believe so, because they want, you know, self-image is a big thing, right? You know, will, were they doing it for body image? Were they bringing up obesity? Yes, I think all these things are true. But overall, what we want to do is look at the why behind it. Again, symptom going down to root cause, right? What I would hope that Cosmo would, would do is that they're trying to bring up more self-love. And this is what I think this all comes down to. And I've, and this is what I've realized looking at both sides of the conversation of what people are really talking about. It's not about like, oh my gosh, you know, she's morbid, she's morbidly obese and she should be proud of herself. No, 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 no. It's not that because she shouldn't be proud of herself. And here's the thing. I'm not attacking Tess Holiday. No. I'm attacking her lifestyle. That's what I'm going after. So anyone who, who, who kind of tries to pervert our language here, Sean and I are not going after Tess Holiday. This has nothing to do with Tess Holiday. This has nothing to do with Cosmopolitan. This has to do with the lifestyle that we that they could, could potentially be throwing out there to promote. And that lifestyle is extremely unhealthy. And everyone could sit there and go, well, well that's their choice and this and that. And you're right. It's 100% their choice. But if you know the ramifications of what those choices are, you simply wouldn't make those choices unless you don't want to live that long, unless you don't care that the fact that you're going to be in pain and be on a host of medications and not be able to do things like enjoy enjoy time, activity time with your, your family or go to certain places or even sit in certain places like an airline seat or go on certain rides or, or, or attend certain events. There's all sorts of stuff that's going on with this. Um, but I, I and. And one thing I, I, I really want to bring this up because this is something that I've been working on a lot lately. And I really genuinely feel that when this conversation comes up, particularly body image, and then kind of what we're doing with it and the obesity epidemic, because I think people have tried to pervert these two points. Body image and obesity are not the same argument. Like we're not arguing where if people are having the people think, I think this goes back to semantics. They think they're arguing about the same thing. So when people get up in arms about what Sean and I are talking about, they think that we're getting on people about body image. Absolutely not. We're not talking, I'm not getting at, I'm not getting on some about body image. We're talking about obesity. Now, does is obesity and body image kind of tied to one another? Yeah. Well, yeah, they are because if your body, your body image, if you're if you're a larger person, then yeah, that is tied to it. But the opposite is also true if you're if you're a skinny person. And this is where I think like we talk about health and wellness. This is what Sean and Janet's whole show is about. It's about wellness. So we're not even attacking obesity. We're actually, again, obesity is like maybe like a mid-level symptom. If we go way down to get down to like what we're talking about, about the cause of this stuff, 
We're talking about unhealthy habits, unhealthy lifestyles. We're talking about people doing things that are just not good for themselves. And, it, and here's the here's the kicker, because I had this conversation with my girlfriend's best friend, and, and she was having an argument with me, and I wasn't arguing with her. We actually agree on the same thing, but she heard the semantically, she thought it was the same thing, because she was like, "Well, what about skinny people? They're just some of them are just as unhealthy too." And I said, "Yeah, you're right." Like just as just as Tess Holiday is unhealthy at that weight, there are some men and women who are at, you know, 70, 80, 90 pounds and, and they're not healthy as well. Now, is there now here's the here's the issue is historically Cosmo has thrown on those unhealthy, skinny people and glamorized them. And so now the pendulum has swung the other way and now Cosmo is throwing these other unhealthy people right. up there to glamorize them. So it's like this is comes down to again. Sean and I are not talking about, these are both unhealthy people, hands down. We want you to be more in the middle, like healthy habits, taking care of your wellness. Um, so th that's a little bit, I can go off on this, but I want to give it, turn it back to you, Sean, and see what questions yeah, well, you have. So and, and I think you said it. I mean, it's, not, it's nothing personal. Um, and unfortunately, I think a lot of times when you bring up the obesity issue and how it you know, it's so unhealthy. I think people take it personally, but, and they, they act like you do it hatefully, like you're saying it hatefully, but um, I've struggled with obesity. I've, my youngest son struggled with obesity. And I remember when I was helping him to lose weight and it was when he was 10 years old. I told him, I said, you know, you're going to, your friends might change and your obese friends, they definitely might change. Um, or they might not be friends with you anymore. And when you talk to them about their weight, um, basically tell them that you're doing it out of love. You're not doing it out of hate. You're doing it because you love them. And I feel that same way about everybody. And that is the goal of my podcast, to educate and empower individuals to take care of their own health. And, you know, being a healthy body weight is probably one of the first things to take charge of to be healthy. Yeah, I, I love. So I'm glad you you said that. And and this is where I I, I like I want to make this distinction about people having two different conversations or listening to our conversation and thinking it's one thing where you know it's body image. We're like, no, 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 it's not body image. Like I'm honestly, I think it's awesome that Tess Holiday is proud of herself, the way that she is, and she loves herself for who she is and what she looks like, just the way that she is. But I would pose this as the next level, and this goes back to the love self-love like i've been this is something i've been really pouring into a lot over the last six months um actually i actually have two books that i wanted to just show you guys that i've been you know this one love yourself like your life depended on it by cabal Robicon, is a game changer and then this one by lewis hey you can heal you can heal your life this is these are both about loving yourself nowhere in these books nowhere does it say that someone, if they loved themselves, they would do the things that Tess Holiday is probably doing in her lifestyle? Because here's the here's the question that Kamal brought Kamal brought up, and I was like, oh my gosh, I was blown away by it. He says, if I truly and deeply love myself, would I do this? I'm going to argue, and 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 actually, science will support my argument, is that if you're eating crappy food. You're, you're literally eating poison. There's no judge about how your body processes that at this point. So you're, po you're eating poison. If you truly and deeply loved yourself, would you feed yourself poison? When you're not working out, right? You said it's a perfect antidepressant. It's also like Ritalin. It gives you more focus and more energy. If you truly and deeply loved yourself, 
would you not want to do things that would ensure that you could have more energy, more vivaciousness? You know, one of my clients, one of her goals is to have more sass. She wants to be sassy again. She's 75, <laughs> 75 years old. And we got her working out for the first time in her life because she wants to be sassy again. You can be sassy at 75, but it makes you, it takes some decisions in your lifestyle change and lifestyle changes to make. So the question I would love to just burn in the brain of, of your audience today, Sean, is that if you truly and deeply loved yourself, would you do this? Or what would you do going back to your sense of being, right? If you want to make a change, like go, who do you really want to be? And, and, and I would argue that people who are struggling with obesity, they would make different choices if they really love themselves. And I'm a psychologist. So like, I know a lot about the mindset of why people eat and why they turn to food and, and how they're dealing with feelings and covering themselves up and shaming themselves. And this is on both sides of it. I'm talking about people who are anorexic, people who are bulimic, people who are obese, they're all dealing with the same stuff. And this was goes back to what I was talking about before, Sean. And now I'm not, you can tell I'm getting passionate now, Sean. This is, has nothing to do with it, guys. If you don't change this, this needs to change first. It's 2% of your body mass and it's running 99% of your day. Change this first. Like well, that's the conversation you got to have. Absolutely. And you know, I, I always ask our guests uh, when the show is ending, what do you have a passion for? And you just answered that question. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I honestly, I, my biggest passion is, is this for getting and here and here's, and this, this is what it is, Sean, the bottom line is that for a long time in my life, I dealt with not being enough, not thinking that I was enough, right? I was not handsome enough, not tall enough, not rich enough, not built, not, not muscular enough, not successful enough, not whatever. And I know this is, these are, this is in everyone's minds. This is, this is what I do. This is what I love. This is what I study. My goal in life, my purpose on this earth is to make people understand that they are enough. And that when you realize that you can make all these other changes so easily, it becomes so easy because you realize you're enough, then you deserve love and you want to do the things that'll make you have more love in your life eating healthy, working out, sleeping more, connecting with others more, right? Adjusting your focus. Don't focus on the vanity. Now the vanity is great. Like everyone wants to look good. Focus on this first, get your focus right on this. Oh my gosh. If I, if, if that's the thing I want to bring to people, it's like, just please do those things. And then all this other stuff doesn't matter. You won't be triggered by someone having this obesity conversation. You won't be triggered what? by this body image conversation. Cause you're like, you know what? I get it. That person struggling with not being enough. That's why they're making the choices that they're making. They're not having that self-love. And, and I, this is why I say the enough thing, because for me, for a while, I struggled with the whole self-love term too. I was like, no, that's ridiculous. I love myself. I was like, no, I don't really love myself though. Cause I don't think I'm enough. If you think you're again, symptom root cause, like get down to this, you are enough the way you are. Now let's make a transformation from that platform. And because then you're, then you're going to want to do the things that are good for you and healthy for you and keep you around for even longer because you want to enjoy more of life. Absolutely. David, it's been a great conversation. Thanks for being on the podcast today. So how do individuals get a hold of you if they uh, have more questions or want to uh, um, get some more answers about your program? Yes, absolutely. So uh, we are uh, Sci-Fi NYC all over uh, social media. You can look us up. Uh, yep, that, that's our that's our po our podcast. Actually, we have our podcast, the uh, the Psychology Fitness Lab, uh, Sci-Fi NYC. 
is our uh, our uh, web or sorry our website. Uh, and then also, if you guys have direct questions, uh, I'd like to offer you to just email me directly. Take action at sci-fi.nyc take action at sci-fi.nyc and as you say like this is what we're all about we're all about taking action because you really want to live your best life you live your best story as we say you got to take action and, and as sean and i talked about it's not as difficult as you think it is it can be done in these little tiny habit changes and we're going to help you do those one we're going to make it fun is the other part and we're going to make it simple I love it. David, thank you so much for being on today. Um, as always, thanks for listening and watching today. You can always catch us on Facebook, the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube site. Also, all the podcast forums. So, um, uh, I, I, iTunes, iTunes, uh, uh, Google Play, all those podcast forums. Like, like them, subscribe to them, listen to them, comment. Let us know what you'd like to see on our on future episodes. Speaking of future episodes, Wednesday because I'll be traveling Thursday at our midweek podcast. We will have Heather. She's a physical therapist. She's with Red Rocks Physical Therapy out of Colorado, and she will be talking about um, athletic injuries, prevention, and treatment, and also how to treat chronic pain with physical therapy and possibly get off uh, pain medication. So you don't want to miss that one, 8 a.m. Wednesday, this Wednesday, Pacific Standard Time. David, thank you for being on. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. <laughs>